You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? This is the first time we're in church in five months, and the best I got was woo? Let's try that again. How are you guys doing this morning? We are at church finally, five long months, and you look so much better than the camera and the reflection in the camera has looked, I promise you. So we are so glad that we could be joining you guys again in person. If you're joining us at home, maybe you're at home, location's continuing, maybe you're just sitting on the bedside assembly side of things with Sister Pillow and Reverend Sheets, you know, they're a great uh, pastoral team as well. So we just want to welcome you no matter how you're joining us this morning, and we can I can't think of a better way to welcome and jump into this almost new season as a church without talking about what we are, who, what we value, who we are as a church. So for this entire month, we're going to be diving in and we're talking about how we can be welcome home. We coming home. We're going to be talking about our values, what we value as a church. So I'm honored to be up here today with Pastor Lindsay and Pastor Ron as we speak and share with you guys about one of our first core values as a church, and that is family. I hope you love your family. You know, and families look all shapes, sizes, and kinds of different, right? There's no two families that are alike. The dynamics are unique. And we're going to be diving into all these different kinds of values throughout this entire month. And this is why, even when we were at a church, I know we were in the middle of child dedications when we had to shut down with everything, and we'll be picking those back up in September. But with that, our dedications, when we dedicate a child to the Lord, what do we ask everybody in the congregation to do? Extend our hands and pray over the child. Why? It's not because we're empowering that one parent to be the only person to influence the child's life, but because we believe that as a church, we are called to influence all of our families, all of our students, all of our children for what Christ has in store for them. Because even the youngest child can be a leader in their household for Jesus. And as a child, I remember where I started investing my time. At five years old, I started playing the piano. Some of you guys, if you've been watching online, just learned for the first time during this pandemic, as I've been helping out on the worship team, that I play piano. And I spent many years and many hours investing into musical growth for myself. So at five, I picked up piano. In third grade, I picked up violin. Fourth grade, percussion. Not like drum kit, but like sitting in school, learning to read the sheet music level for percussion. Fifth grade, I picked up French horn. Sixth grade, I picked up guitar and organ. My dad was a church organist, so we had our own organ. And it was just kind of one of those things, like legitimately can play organ with my feet and everything, not just because I can play piano. It's a whole different thing. And bass guitar at ninth grade. And I picked up all these unique instruments and unique ways, but I invested my time into it. And just like whatever you invested your time into as a child and as a teenager, you typically grow in it, Right? I'd like to think that none of us are wasting our time by investing it in something that I have no intent to ever increase my skill at or ever get better at or to ever grow in or grow as a part of my life. And it continued to not just grow my abilities, but it grew in who I am today, and it continues to influence 
the man that I am today and the pastor I am today and eventually and soon in a month, the dad that I will be. But it wasn't just starting a new instrument. It was 30 minutes a day per instrument of practice. If you play an instrument, you know you can't just pick up an instrument and be good at it. You have to invest time into it. And, you know, there were definitely the days of exception, you know, of, uh, Mom, yeah, I practiced a half hour. And you, you totally know you didn't, right? We all have those moments where we kind of cut short our investment. And then when you get to the assessment with it, you realize, yeah, I did cut those corners. I did not invest my time properly with that. But the same is true with our faith. The same is true with our faith as a family as a family unit, as a child, as a teenager, and as a parent, and as an adult, even if you're not married, or even if you're married and don't have kids yet, your dynamic is still important. We invest into our faith for our households. If I did not invest time regularly into many of those instruments, I still would not be able to pick them up today. And there's some that I chose to let go. And if I picked up that instrument, it would show. But there's others, others that I chose to hold on to which would be evident that I continue to invest time into on a regular basis. And that's what it looks like as a church, too, is if I invest only an hour and 15, an hour and a half of my time with God on Sunday mornings, my life's going to reflect that. As a child, my life will reflect that in who I become when I'm an adult. As a teenager, the same holds true. And as a parent, it'll reflect true in the way that our households look, in the way that I lead my life. Because if my only time I worship God is at church, I'm missing the point. And I'm missing all that God has in store for me. Psalms 145.4 says, One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. This isn't saying fathers and mothers will tell this to the next, and that's the only way the next generation hears. It's saying one generation to the next. It doesn't matter if you're single, if you're married with no kids, whatever your household dynamic looks like, we are called as the body of Christ to invest in the next generation. Look around this room. If you're at home, look around at home. I'm not sure what your home dynamic looks like right now, but there is everybody an opportunity to invest in another generation. We always just think the next generation just means kids. You know, there's people in my life that have been spiritual parents. Whether you have a child of your own or not, you could be a spiritual parent to another person, to a person who just gave their life to Christ. It doesn't matter even if they're older than you physically. As you've known Christ longer, you can be a spiritual parent and guide somebody to what it means to follow Christ. And this is what we talk about with family. Because here's the thing. We, as a church, can declare God's goodness to our next generation. Every child will one day have to make these decisions. They will have to decide on their own, will they decide to put their faith in Jesus? What will they value? What will they do with their life? And who will they honor with their life? As a church, as parents, as individuals, we have this opportunity to invest into our next generation, the church family, Calvary, this community that God has given us. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start a youth out on the way he should go, and even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And see, we have limited time to invest in the next generation. Whether you're a parent or not, maybe even a kid, you have the ability to influence another person. You have the ability to introduce somebody to Jesus. It's not just, oh, come to church and my pastor will do the work. Because we're not at your workplace. You're the church. 
The church is at the workplace because you're at your workplace. The church is at work in your family's life because you are in your family. You are involved with your family. You are not just a physical parent, but a spiritual parent. The investment is real. But we couldn't talk about families and kids without a craft, right? So this container right here is going to represent all the time it takes that we have to invest as a family unit into a child's life. From the moment they are born to the moment they leave home. And we're going to average that out to be 18 years old. Until the moment from childhood to adulthood. This represents all the time that we have to invest in this next generation. And big picture, parents, there's a lot less time than we realize. Church, we have even less time than we realize. The amount of hours represented in this container, 62,764 hours. That's 62,700 hours that goes by very, very quickly. I'm going to break this down even more. This first portion is parents, you don't have at all. This portion represents the influence of schools and all school activities and everything extracurricular. Now, I'm not saying good or bad. What I'm saying is this is time that, as a parent, we don't have to invest into our families. This represents 29% of your child's influential lifetime. That is 18,200 hours that mom and dad, you don't get to invest into your child. Because, guys, we can declare God's goodness to this next generation. And whatever, wherever you are, whatever your family dynamic looks like, here's what investing in our family, here's what it looks like. And we're going to look at it through the story of Samuel. So the story of Samuel, uh, we open up in a time of great turmoil, great sin, and just lots of questions and what's going on. But in the midst of this chapter, the very, 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 very first chapter, we have one woman who stands out among all the women. And she is unable to have children. But then she, she begins to pray. And she prays for the, the future of her child. Like, think about that for a second. You can't have a child, but you're going to pray for your child. So that poses a big question in my mind, is in why? Where did that come from and what's going on? So if you go to 1 Samuel chapter 6, and we're going to see the why. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6, says this. Her rival provoked her in order to irritate her. Irritate. Like, I know a little irrita irritants, right, Pastor Dave? No. No, no, okay. <laughs> this continued for years whenever she went to the house of the Lord. Her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. And essentially what this passage is saying is that she was bullied. Bullied. Little friends here. Is it okay to be a bully? Say, no way, Pastor Juan. All right. 
Michael, is it okay to be mean to your friends? Say, no way, Pastor Juan. Should we make fun of Pastor Dave's shiny area? Say, no way. Very good. It's a reflector. Oh, reflector. That's what we got. That's what we got. But essentially, that's what's happening. She's being bullied, and it's from this, this pain and this anguish that she births a vision, a vision of the future for her future child. And we actually go on to read many chapters, and the scripture goes on to say that, that Samuel grows in wisdom and stature, and it's awesome. And at Calvary Kids, we have a vision. And as Bill Heibel says, a vision is a picture of the future, an image, a graphic, a tangible thing that you can actually see. At Calvary Kids, we see little kids gathering to engage God. We see your kids going home to church, to the soccer field, to their friend's house as if they were a flashlight. There's, a, there's an imagery there, right? A flashlight into a dark world. We see, I mean, picture this with me. Your child traveling to other countries as a missionary. Or what if the next Pastor Nick? And as kind of funny as that sounds, it's never too late or too early to be whom God has called you to be. Amen? So, at Calvary Kids, we intentionally talk about heaven and hell. At Calvary Kids, we intentionally put them in ministry experiences that use their gifts and talents, like the video, the sound, the music. I don't do that. Guess who does that? The kids. They do all that. The motions. My daughter actually wrote one of the songs to the motions and everything. Not me. <laughs> it, it, mine would look really, really bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> but what does that mean for, for you, Mom? For you, Dad? You know, we want you to experience your child's salvation. I remember just six years ago, Morgan told Daddy, I, I, I think I love Jesus. Oh, will you, will you pray with me to talk to Jesus? Yes, absolutely. You know, Mom and Dad, we want you to experience what it's like to watch them grow in their faith. Mom, Dad, what exactly does the fruit of the Spirit tastes like? Because that's a real question. But the biggest one yet is mom and dad. We at Calvary Kids want to invest in you to be that spiritual leader in your house. Because Pastor Lindsay and I, we can't do it. We get like an hour, hour and a half a week. A week. But let's take uh, our visual here. We have ages zero to four. This is about 21,840 minutes. Hours. No, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. That's hours. <laughs> hours here, guys. Hours. And we've got to... 
That's how much time is available during that time slot. But then when you jump to the elementary grade, from ages four going on to 12, you're looking at six hours a day, which comes down to about 13,104 hours that you can be the spiritual leader for your child. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, we got all kinds of prompts. You know what? I'm going to store that away for an all-nighter. <laughs> That's an extra hour I can use. There's not much time for you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> One of the saddest things I, I experience is that a young person says, God's boring. God's boring. And this is the time that I'm not going to allow that. We have a video for you guys. It's right up here. We are leaving a legacy. We strive to spread the word of God to our friends, our schools, our families. We strive to become a generation of young adults who serve the Lord daily. We don't want those around us to wonder. Are they a Christian? They'll already know the answers from our actions. We are more than just a youth group. We are friends. Or even more so, a family. We take the opportunities we were given to use our God-given talents. Constantly strive to become closer to each other and God as we learn to tell others about Jesus. Scripture says, We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell a future generation the praise were the acts of the Lord, His might and the wondrous works He has performed. We are learning to stretch our faith, we are learning to leave our mark. We are Legacy Youth. Well, some of you might be thinking that looks a little bit different. And Legacy Youth is going to be a piece of Calvary Student Ministries. And it's funny because when we were talking about the verse that we were going to use for this sermon, um, I had been praying about the future for our student ministry and what the teenagers were going to be experiencing and the direction we were going to go. And you heard it in the video, but I'm going to read it for you one more time. That was Psalm 78.4. It says, we will not hide them from their children, but will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord his might, and the wondrous works he has performed. And you might be thinking, that seems like a little bit strange of a verse for a bunch of teenagers, but we've already been telling you guys that we believe that leaving a legacy is more than just about what parents pass on to their kids. You can be a spiritual parent to someone who's older or younger. It doesn't matter. And so we want our teenagers to learn to leave a legacy because ultimately our legacy is about how we're remembered. And we want people to remember 
God and what he did through us and not just things that were about us. So what does that actually look like for you teenagers that are sitting here in the proximity of the speaker system? And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, um, there were some contrasts made between Samuel and Eli's sons. Now, Eli was taking care of Samuel because Hannah gave her firstborn child to the Lord, dedicated him to the Lord. And in verse 12, it says, Eli's sons were wicked men. They did not respect the Lord. And now Eli's sons were, you know, they were wicked, but they were supposed to be priests. And yet in verse 18, it says, Samuel served in the Lord's presence. This mere boy was dressed in the linen ephod. Now, it's worth noting that you know, Samuel in this story is about 12 or 13 at this point. And so, teenagers, how can you do this right now? You can serve in Kids Church with Pastor Ron. <laughs> you can serve on one of our teams in the teen ministry and be on tech team or worship team or the hospitality team and welcoming new people in. You can participate in fine arts. You can serve on one of our church service days. There are so many opportunities for you guys to get involved and be a part of Calvary and not just someone who comes and sits and leaves and doesn't do anything to serve. And so for parents, what does this declaring God's goodness to the next generation look like for you? Well, I'm going to go back to our sand art. This yellow represents middle schoolers. You get about four hours a day of influence with them. That's 4,368 hours total with 7,280 hours remaining. And then, let me shake that down there. Purple represents a high schooler. Parents, you get two hours a day. Sometimes you feel like that's if you're lucky. And that's 2,912 hours remaining. And it's like just like a drop in the bucket here at this point. You can barely see it. So that is your influence, parents. Forget about the white. The rest of it's your influence. So Eli had two sons who chose not to respect God in spite of Eli's instruction. And yet Eli still chose to educate Samuel, to raise him up, and to train him. He wasn't his biological parent, but he was a spiritual parent. And to summarize in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, you may have heard this story before. Samuel and Eli are both asleep, and Samuel hears somebody calling his name. And so he gets up, and he goes over, and he's like, what do you want? And Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. You know, parents, you're like, I hate when my kids wake me up in the middle of the night. This is what, this is what Samuel was doing. And so he does that a couple more times. He goes and he wakes him up. And he's like, what do you want? And Eli's like, I'm not calling you. Go to bed. And so 
he finally realizes after a couple of times of Samuel waking him up that it's the Lord that's calling him. And so he says, all right, go lay back down. And if you hear the voice call you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he does. And the Lord speaks a message to Samuel. And so in the morning, after they've had some sleep and everyone's not cranky anymore, he goes to Samuel. He's like, tell me what the Lord said. And so Samuel tells him what he said. And it's not a great picture for Eli. And so in this particular scenario, Eli represents parents, spiritual parents, people who are leading others to Jesus. And we can declare God's goodness to our next generation by teaching them to listen to the Lord's voice for themselves. Because the next generation cannot use our faith to access God. They have to use their own. And now, Eli makes Samuel tell him everything he said. And in verse 18, it says, So Samuel told him everything and did not hide anything from him. And Eli responded, He is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Ultimately, the best thing we can teach them at this age is to listen to the Lord's voice for themselves and then allow them to do what God's asked them to do. Sometimes we, we fear for what they've been called to do, but we don't need to be afraid because we know it's the Lord that's calling them. And so Eli had attempted to instruct his own sons to follow the Lord. And he says, while there is a mediator between men, who is God, that there was no mediator between God and men. So when they were sinning against him, he was fearful for them. But they rejected their father's teaching. And we know that the mediator that we have now is Jesus because we live in the New Testament. Samuel, his story is in the Old Testament. And so this is the good news that we are passing on, that we are teaching to the next generation of believers, is that Jesus came to mediate for us between God and men. And we don't have to fear not having a mediator between us anymore. So vision is a picture of the future. Picture. Everybody say picture with me. Are you ready? One, two, three. Picture. Very good. High five from far away. Good. All right. So we have a picture for you to help you understand that vision is a picture. And we have this vision of what a child would look like when he starts in our kids' ministry, grows, 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 and then, bam, full-fledged adult. Mighty, strong, looks a lot like Pastor Dave, the little female girl, large Pastor Lindsay, right? And here we have a picture. Let's go ahead and see this first picture here. All right. So the professionals say this is what we call the embracing physical needs years, the wonder years, ages zero to two. Now, on the white, this is what we hope to teach kids. But now, on the bottom blue there, these are the milestones we hope to uh, see accomplished, benchmarks. Um, because ultimately, when we get to the next slide, the movers, juniors in elementary, that's four to 12, 
We have a lot of things going on. Because the vision is that when they get to Pastor Lindsay, man, I, I would be like jammed up as a pastor. And I'm, oh, you don't know where Genesis 1-1 is or how to find it? Oh, man. Or when I talk about David and Goliath, the kids are like, Pastor David's in the Bible? What? Ah, goodness. And uh, so we kind of want to make sure we're teaching the right things and having uh, healthy milestones. Amen? Good. And then eventually they'll get to the youth with Pastor Lindsay. And there it's, it's not just teaching them how to survive their faith, but to thrive in their faith so that when you guys become adults, we as a family can lead our church, can lead our community, can lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus. Together, we can declare God's goodness to the next generation. And when you step into the adult years, many of you guys are in that area. Uh, If you can uh, throw that last one up. For adults, there's so much more that we can continue to do to invest into our next generation. We've got groups for us, belonging to our groups. Look around. Some of you guys have been participating in some of the groups that we've had, or maybe our at-home locations. But being aware of who we are as a church is a big part of what it means to be a part of Calvary, by strengthening your ability to lead your family spiritually. Because you recognize some of you came to know Christ as an adult, but that does not mean that you don't have the ability to still lead your children and your teenagers to a life of following Christ. For each of those areas, we want to continue to see you to grow as a leader, as an adult, as an individual. Because we not only can declare God's goodness to our next generation, Calvary, we must declare God's goodness to this next generation. So this last little bit, represents the time and ability that we have to invest into our next generation as a church. This is the smallest portion, yet somehow we don't act on it. We expect that this 4% of experiencing God at church exclusively is supposed to shape the rest of our child's life and their future. So here's what happens. This last little bit represents 4% of that 62,000 hours. We'll turn it so you can see the, the proper portions of purple. That's 2,340 hours. And that's counting if we come to church on Sundays and our children participate in a group such as Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries. When you remove the middle week discipleship opportunity, that halves to 1,100 hours from zero to 18 of being able to be influenced by a church. This is why we believe in families. Mom, dad, parents, adults, grandparents, teenagers, children. This is why we invest in you. Because this is my conviction as a pastor, as someone who's served as a children's, a family, and an executive, 
that my goal is to see families come to know Christ where each individual unit, each member of a household can be a spiritual leader and guide those that they live with, to guide those that are a part of their life to experience Christ. Teenagers, you can be a spiritual leader in your house. Children, you can do the same. You have things that you can teach your parents about God. Parents, the same goes to you. Maybe you're in this room and you don't have kids. Maybe you're in this room and you're not even in a relationship. That does not mean that you cannot be a spiritual parent and foster a spiritual renewal, a spiritual birth in a child and a teenager and in another peer's life. 62,700 hours. goes to school. 33% is gone in the first four years of life. I don't know about you, but for me, about to step into fatherhood firsthand, this scares me. This breaks my heart, but this also inspires me. Because I can see what I have left to invest. And this is why we as a church believe in investing in families. And for this last 4%, we want to partner with you and allow you to be a part of the spiritual upbringing, spiritual teachings, and what goes on here at Calvary to further invest in your children. We don't have Calvary kids. We don't have Calvary student ministries. So your child has somewhere to go so you can worship distraction free. We create experiences for our children and teenagers to experience the power of God. And we will have the opportunity to see his hand at work in their lives. And we don't ask every week because we also know there's a value of you growing in your relationship with God. This is why we have those moments of separation, but this is also why we have these moments where kids and teenagers join us together because there is value in your child seeing you raise a hand in worship. There is value in seeing, or your child seeing you grow in your relationship with God and being honest about the sins that I am struggling with. This scares me, yet this inspires me. And I hope it does the same to each of you. Psalms 145, 4 again says, One generation will declare your works to the next and proclaim your mighty acts. You don't have to live a perfect life. In fact, by not trying to hide your faults, you are making yourself more real and accessible to what God can do through you and allows your child to see how you fully surrendered your life to Jesus. Because we know it's not an instant, it's a process of watching Christ move through me. And it's repeatedly me saying yes over and over and over again. And I don't know about you, but for me and my child, I want my child to see that David says yes to God, no matter how scary it may be. Do you want the same? Eli's children didn't even serve God. And maybe you're in here and you're saying, well, my kids don't serve God. I'm going to be really bad at teaching others. Eli taught Samuel who God was and allowed his faith to grow. And Samuel 
anointed the first two kings of Israel as a prophet of the Lord. Your past experiences do not define your ability for God to use you, to invest in this next generation. Because church, we must declare God's goodness to this next generation. There's a great book. It's called It's Just a Phase, so don't miss it. If you've been over in our family center in the last year, you can see our phases wall. And it talks about each individual age and how we can invest into our child's life during that time period. It's got an incredible quote. It says, it's not babysitting, it's discipleship. It's not pizza, as much as we love pizza. It's a relationship. It's not a party. It's not an all-nighter. It's a platform. It's not filling a volunteer slot. It's influencing someone's future. The best part is we get to have fun doing it. This wasn't supposed to be miserable. God's not boring. Certainly not in my life. I know that much. So we've got Calvary Kids starters loving, loving our littlest ones, tangibly showing them the love of Christ. So that as they grow to learn to love those who serve Jesus, they will learn to love Jesus. Then we move to Calvary Kids movers with our two-year-olds and our three-year-olds. It's an age that can't sit still. It's just starting to fully discover the world around them. And we help them learn to discover the world that God made and placed them in. The Calvary Kids Junior, the engaging age, our preschoolers and our kindergartners, where we help them learn to engage and interact with the world around them and how to show God's love to others. The Bible doesn't talk about childlike faith for nothing. We've got Calvary Kids Elementary, the engaging age, where we help them learn to engage and interact with the world around them and how to show God's love to others. They move into all of our Calvary student ministries. It's the empowering age where we help students learn to apply their faith in tangible and new ways, making disciples and investing all over again to prepare to leave a legacy of what Christ has done in their life. And then we've got Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries, which is men mentoring future men, women mentoring future women, because there is an advantage to men speaking into a boy's life. Many of you are aware of the statistics of a household without a father. And on the inverse, the households without a mother. You don't have to be a parent to be a spiritual parent. You don't have to be a mom to invest in a little girl's life or a dad to invest in a little boy's life. Church, we must declare God's goodness to our next generation. You know, and I want to reiterate that we want mom and dad to be a part of what's happening at Calvary Kids. We want you adults to serve in those ministries. But what we do not need is someone to help us watch kids. We don't need it. Why? Because we believe, I believe, that what we do over there is the difference between heaven and hell like that child is making a decision between Jesus and, and the devil 
And I want to jump in and be like, hey, Jesus, and if you're going to be part of this team, that's what we're looking for. Someone who's going to wage war. Someone who's going to stand in the balance with us. That's what we need. That's what we need. And with our teenagers, we're not just looking for somebody to come over and hang out and eat pizza and help us avoid the emergency room. We're looking for people who want to invest to be that spiritual parent that want to pour love into these students in one of the tumultuous ages of their life. It's so important for a caring adult. Statistics say that one caring adult is the difference for a teenager between good decisions and bad decisions because they feel like they have someone they can go to. And it doesn't have to be me, but I want it to be somebody. You can declare God's goodness to our next generation. It's not, if the Lord speaks to me, because Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples of all nations. And that's true of any ministry opportunity we have here at Calvary. We don't have to pray about what God commanded. We must declare God's goodness to our next generation at church, at home, in our communities. Because imagine with me if every home in Irwin and North Huntington was rooting and leading their children and families to Jesus. not about numbers. It's not about anything other than leading families, leading individuals to be a spiritual leader in their homes throughout our community. Church, I promise you, if you step up and say, I'm interested in doing this, watch and prepare God for God to do something incredible in your life and through your life. May not see it for years, but I can name right now every single adult from my entire spiritual upbringing that invested time into my life to make me who I am. Jason, I know you can say the same. Being a part of Royal Rangers, I've heard your testimony over and over again. And for so many of you, I know the impact that people have had in your life in the adolescent age group. And I want to invite you to be a part of it. It's not a daily commitment, it's not a lifelong commitment. But it's a commitment in the season saying, I want to invest in the families of Calvary. Not just my own, but the families of our community. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing and openness. And as I do that, Pastor Ron and Pastor Lindsay are going to make their way out to our missions wall in the foyer. And if you have even an ounce of questioning, of wondering, saying, what's it like to be a part of this team? Talk with them. It's not making a commitment. It's not signing up for something. It's engaging in a conversation to see what God can do through you. So God, I thank you for allowing us to hear your word speaking to us of what it means as a church to value the families of our community, not just my family, but the families of Calvary, because we are the body. And God, you asked us to declare your goodness to this family that you've given us. 
allow each of us, no matter where we're at in our family life, whatever our dynamic looks like, to understand the time that we have left to influence our families, to influence those of our community so that one day we could see you represented in every home across North Huntington. For those that you're speaking to right now, God, I ask that you continue to prepare their hearts for what you are going to do through them and their willingness and obedience to jump in and say, here I am, just as Samuel did. We love you. We praise you, God, for all that you've been doing over these past five months, knowing that so many more unspeakable, incredible things are about to happen. And it starts with this moment as we talk about who we value. God, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I have loved being able to actually see faces and engage with you. As I shared, if you are interested, This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.